running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Nice to be in orbit. Discovery's four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. Should I say it again? Welcome. Uh, we are here, week two, uh, episode six of the Mid Park Music on Air podcast. Uh, today is Monday, so we'll be going over a little bit of this day, or excuse me, this week in music history. Uh, going to be going over July 11th through the 17th. Just some cool stuff that happened uh, over the last, I don't know, 50, 60 years in music. Um, what do we got to go over? So if you did not see, if you follow on Instagram, uh, Instagram is definitely by far and away the most uh, active social media uh, where I am at right now. Hoping to, to expand that uh, as things continue to grow. But that's neither here nor there. If you saw, uh, I just yesterday switched the tunes on tuesday special that i've been doing so that's been going for about two three months now already uh every tuesday i've been doing just a little written special uh and i was just doing it on social media and i actually went ahead and got everything over to uh, individual blog links on the website that you can check out uh but that's going to be on sundays now uh and i'm thinking I, as I put in my Instagram post, what the fuck sense does it make to, for me to have uh, both our, our feature artist interviews that I do here on the podcast and uh, the Tunes on Tuesday, which is now called the Sunday Sound Select or Sunday Sound Selective, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but one of those, uh, um, that is what we're going to go with. But it didn't make any sense to have them on the same day as I was thinking about it. So, um, yeah. And I mean, just in the sense of why uh, those are different, like to, to be clear to people. So I think for one, not everybody wants to do the podcast. Um, I've reached out to, you know, artists kind of on both levels just to kind of get their, their feelers. I don't know all of these artists on a personal level. Some I do, some I don't. Um, and then also there's a little bit of, for me, I'm, I'm somebody who very transparently, I like to have creative control of what I do. And I have a hard time sticking with require well, not requirements uh expectations is a good thing and i don't want to set the expectation for anybody or 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 myself either that um that somebody would get both a podcast and a shout out or vice versa so it doesn't mean anything either you know one way or the other i'm ultimately just trying to kind of highlight people and bands and, and artists uh, any way that i can makes make it make sense for everybody my time their time um, and, and again, the biggest thing is I, I've got to like the music and, and really, you know, at least appreciate the people. Um, so that's a touch on that. Hope you get a chance to check those out. This week's Sunday Sound Select was a, a folk duo out of Scandinavia. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome uh, group. Um, they are called Happy Landings. Um, very, very reminiscent sound of like Mumford and Sons, Lumineers. Um, that's just general, general, generalized. Wow, that's a tough word for me to say. Have I ever have I ever said that? Generalizing, um, but they are they are really good. Um, got uh, a brand new or not a brand new, but yeah, I think it's relatively new EP out. Um, so check that out. Um, like I said, all of those from the past what eight nine weeks already 
or on midpark.com in its own little section there on Sunday Sound Selective. So, uh, and then of course tomorrow we've got Drop Top Alibi. Uh, lead singer Brandon is going to be on with me uh, for a full interview and going to be talking. Of course, you guys know how the interviews go at this point, but a number of different things. Uh, but that's going to be a full hour conversation. So, uh, like I said, we've got Happy Landings there, getting a little feature for the Sunday Sound, and then Drop Top Alibi going to be coming on for the uh, artist interview tomorrow. Uh, and that's really it. Um, yeah, let's get on to it. So interesting stuff, uh, for this date in music history, uh, or this week in music history. Uh, so, uh, starting and ending, uh, with a, a Bruce Springsteen fact here in time. Uh, so starting with July 11th, uh, so that was yesterday, of course, Sunday, July 11th, 1971. So we're taking it back in even 50 years, right? Gosh, it's crazy to me to think that 71 is already 50 years ago. Like the 70, I don't know, the seven, coming up this whole gener- this whole decade, you know, reaching back every year to the 70s is going to be 50 years. It's crazy. Uh, but the Bruce Springsteen band opened for Humble Pie at the Sunshine in Asbury Park in New Jersey. After the show, an impressed Peter Frampton from Humble Pie Tell Springsteen and the band he'd like to have them open for them on a national basis. Frampton also said he would be happy to get the band in audition with his record label, A&M Records. For no logical reason, Springsteen's manager, Tinker West, declined both offers on the spot. <laughs> um, so, you know, come of that, what what ultimately we will. But interesting fact there. Uh, July 11th, 1975. Fleetwood Mac released their 10th studio album. Isn't that crazy already by, by 75, which, which rumors didn't come out until 77. So, uh, in 75 was their 10th. I don't even know what rumors was during their, but their 12th, 13th by that time. Of course, Fleetwood Mac, if you don't know, essentially there's two different Fleetwood Macs. Uh, there, there's, there's one Fleetwood Mac. I mean, ultimately one group, um, one name, but, Started out as Peter Green, uh, and they went for, I don't know, three, four years with a tremendously different blues-oriented sound that, that you wouldn't even recognize today if you were just listening, to, you know, thinking that it's what Stevie brought to the table. Uh, both great, just very different from one another. But uh, Fleetwood Mac released their 10th studio album, often referred to as the White Album, the first Fleetwood Mac album to feature Lindsey Buckingham as guitarist and Stevie Nicks as vocalist. The album reached number one on the Billboard chart over a year after the entering the chart, spent 37 weeks within the top 10 and more than 15 months within the top 10. Uh, moving along. Uh, July 11th, 1992, shout out to 1992, that's when I was born, a range of eight ties designed by Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead went on sale in the U.S. President Bill Clinton bought a set, and the collection grossed millions in the U.S. by the end of the year. That doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, Deadheads will buy anything. I mean, you could put, uh, you you could, I mean, I don't know, I'm I'm trying to think of the most ridiculous thing ever. but the Deadheads will get it if it's got a, a Deadhead logo on, especially coming from Jerry there. Um, July 11th, 2013, Pearl Jam released their 10th studio album, uh, Lightning Bolt, which went to number one on the U.S. album chart. That was only eight years ago. Uh, so eight years ago, Pearl Jam releasing their 10th studio album, Lightning Bolt, which went to number one. And uh, Tommy Ramone died yesterday, uh, age 65. Uh, in uh, 2014, 
and he was the last surviving original member of the Ramones before his death. Um, but yeah, interesting there. So moving on to today's date in history, July 12th. Uh, only two, uh, two little guys to talk about here. Um, but I thought this one was really relevant. Uh, and this, this, I want to say would be the earliest one, uh, but I could be wrong. Um, but on this date in 1954, uh, a 19-year-old Elvis Presley signed a recording contract with Sun Records. Uh, he also gave his uh, notice at his day job at the Crown Electric Company. Sam Phillips from Sun Records originally wanted to use the 19-year-old to make demos of songs meant for other artists, but soon realized that here was the man who could bridge the gap between white and black performances. Uh, absolutely awesome there. So that was, what, 1954? Let's see. I unfortunately know, well, for my mom, I know. I, I just kind of go to when she was born, so I know how old she is. Uh, uh, 67 years ago. 67 years ago. Crazy. Uh, the Rolling Stones uh, in 1962 on this date. Uh, the Rolling Stones made their live debut at the Marquee Jazz Club London with Dick Taylor on bass, later of The Pretty Things, and Mick Avery on drums, later of The Kinks. Billed as the Rolling Stones, with no G on the end of rolling, they were paid £20 for the gig, the equivalent of £330 in 2010. I don't know how much that is in American money, but uh, I believe the site is from uh, the UK. Uh, uh Moving on, July 13th, that's tomorrow, uh, 1964, one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, the Animals went to number one on the UK singles chart with House of the Rising Sun, recorded in one take. This was the first UK number one to have a playing time of more than four minutes. thought that was really interesting as well. Um, so that was, what, 1964, 50-some years ago already that... Uh, first one to have more than four minutes um it was really it is really interesting if you look back you know at a lot of the 40s 50s 60s a lot of those songs are very very short very you know two three minutes uh just you know a couple couple quick verses couple chorus and they're done um so yeah july 13th 1968 Black Sabbath played their first gig at a small backstreet blues club in Birmingham, England. Uh, so interesting as well. Two, uh, two firsts there. And uh, July 13th, 1974, Elton John started a two-week run at number one on the UK album chart with his eighth studio release, Caribou, and his third number one album. The album contained the singles uh, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me and The Bitch Is Back. Uh, and then another here, Bruce Springsteen. Uh... In 1974 as well. So, yeah, same day. Uh, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band played the first of a three-night, six-show residency at the newly opened Bottom Line in New York City. The show received rave reviews and created a buzz in the music industry. I, I included that because, uh, remember, what was it, just three years prior? It was uh, Bruce Springsteen playing their first gig or opening for for uh, Humble Pie and Peter Frampton's manager offering and and. Uh, here we are, what, three day, three years later after that, and they starting a, a three-night, six-show residency at their own kind of tour there. That was awesome. So 
July 13th, 1996. This is relevant because there's another one of these later on. It's I, I thought it was hilarious. Um, uh, July 13th, 1996, over 2,000 guitar players, including Chet Atkins and Jeff Skunk Baxter, set a new world record for the largest jam session ever when they played Heartbreak Hotel for 75 fucking minutes. The, the fact doesn't say fucking, but I, that was just me. 75 minutes at Nashville's Riverfront Parks. 2,000 guitar players for them for 75 minutes. I'm just, I'm, I'm mind blown at that. At Nashville's Riverfront Park, which I know, of course. Uh, the previous record was set in Vancouver, Canada on May 7, 1994, when Randy Bachman led a 1,322 amateur guitarists in a performance that lasted 68 minutes. Um, really interesting. Uh, like I said, that's going to be relevant here in a second again. Um, July 14th, 1967. So we're moving on. The Who began their first full North American tour at the Memorial Coliseum in Portland, Oregon, appearing as support band to Herman's Hermits, Hermits, Herman's Hermits, excuse me, on 55 dates. That's a pretty long fucking tour, especially for that day and age. They did not usually do those long of tours, uh, but 55 dates, they uh, that is quite a tour. Um, July 14th, 1973. During a concert at the John Wayne Theater in Hollywood, California, Phil Everly smashed his guitar and stormed off stage, and Don finished uh, Don finished the set by himself and announced that the Everly Brothers had split. This was the last duo that the uh, last live show that the duo performed together for nearly ten years. Really interesting. Um, I feel like I keep saying really interesting after every fact, but it is really interesting. Um, so that was the end of the Everly Brothers for ten years smashed his guitar, said fuck it, and stormed off stage. Love it. Nothing like a rock and roller like that. Uh, July 14th, 1982, the movie premiere for Pink Floyd's The Wall was held uh, at the Empire, Leicester Square, London, England. Uh, the film, which centers around a confined rocker named Floyd Pink Pinkerton, earned $22 million in its first year, won two Brit Academy Awards. If you have not seen The Wall, um, do so sober the first time. <laughs> oh, man, it's uh, re really, really uh, quite a trip. Uh, 14, July 14th, uh, 1989, at the Peach Festival. Yeah, here we go. So this was this was in the 80s. Um, so the one that I had just mentioned was in the 90s. So this, you know, they must have just been getting into it. But um, I just, again, this is just mind-blowing to me. At the Peach Festival, South Carolina, 432 guitarists broke the world record for the most guitar players appearing in unison for the longest period of time when they performed Louie Louie for 30 minutes. Uh, who knew? That is, is this, this must be something people were doing at a regular time, uh, groups were doing at a regular time, on a regular basis. If that, Jesus, I can't, I can't speak today. Ah, July 15th, moving along. Um, this was really sad. I didn't, I didn't know this and, and I included this because of course, uh, here we have yet another, uh, example. And this was all the way back in the fifties, um, of, of the justice system. I don't know the details of the case, of course, uh, but you know, whatever, uh, I should probably look into those, but on the surface, it sure seems as such. John Lennon's mother, Julia, was killed by a car driven by an off-duty drunken police officer named Eric Clegg. Clegg was later acquitted of the offense, and Lennon was only 17 years old at the time. 
July 15th, 1958. That's crazy. Um, I didn't know that. July 15th, 1989, Pink Floyd appeared in Canal de San Marco, Piazza San Marco, Venice, Italy, on a floating stage. That's a really... They, they, uh, they appeared on a canal in Italy. That's, that's what I know. Over 2,000 people attended the gig. Uh, did I say 2,000 or 200,000? Because it's 200,000 is what I'm looking at. Over 200,000 people attended the gig, almost double the number authorities had planned for, causing damage to buildings and bridges. The cleaning of the area after the concert was said to be around 25,000 pounds, and the concert was broadcast live on TV to over 20 countries with an estimated audience of over 100 million. Two Venice counselors were later ordered to stand trial for the costs incurred by the concert. That sounds like Pink Floyd. Uh, July 15th, 1998, Aerosmith were forced to cancel a forthcoming U.S. tour after Joey Kramer was involved in a freak accident. The drummer's car was set on fire uh, and was completely destroyed as he was filling up with gas. Uh, he was admitted to hospital uh, to the hospital with second-degree burns. I did not know that. July 15th. Gosh, these are all so gruesome. Sorry, guys. July 15th, 2000, an Oasis fan was killed when he was trying to walk home along the M61 motorway in Manchester, England, after Oasis uh, had played a sold-out gig at the Reebok Stadium. Hmm. Love Oasis. Uh, July 16th. So we're moving on. The Beach Boys, 1962. 1962, so 59 years ago, the Beach Boys signed to Capitol Records in the U.S. Their first hit uh, was in September, of course, in just a few months following with Surf and Safari. Written by Brian Wilson and Mike Love, the Beach Boys first recorded the song at World Pacific Studios on September on. February 8th, 1962, in what was the band's second ever recording session. Really interesting. Here I go again, damn it. Really interesting. This, I, I this of all the facts uh, that, that were thrown out today, this was the uh, one that I was like the most shocked from, and I, I did not know at all. Um, in July 16th, 1981, U.S. singer, songwriter Harry Chapin, who had success in the 70s, uh, with Taxi, Cats in the Cradle, was killed age 38, suffering cardiac arrest while driving on a New York uh, interstate. His car was hit from behind by a tractor trailer, and he died. I, I had no idea that, that he died that way or that early. Or, um, wow. Uh, July 16, 2000, another band I love here. Gets a lot of flack from some, uh, but Coldplay uh, went to number one. On the UK album chart with their debut release, Parachutes, uh, the release spawned the hit singles Shiver, Yellow, Trouble, and Don't Panic, and won the Grammy Award for Best Alternative Music Album in 2002. Um, how about this? July 16th, 2019. This is only two years ago. Metallica brought their worldwide tour to Finland, drawing over 1% of the country's population in a record-breaking concert. The show at Cantala Event Park in the city of, I ain't even going to try to say that, was attended by 55,000 people. That's about 1% of Finland's entire population of more than 5.5 million people. I was thinking when I said 55,000 out loud, that wasn't that many. And then, okay, 5.5 million is not that either. But that's funny. Over 1% of the population. Um, 
how about this too? July seventeenth now, so we're moving on. Uh, Billie Holiday died in a New York City hospital. Uh, this was nineteen fifty nine. Uh, from cirrhosis of the liver after years of alcohol abuse, age 43. Um, there were many people that died around that, that, that time and, and, and are today, but I mean, a lot of musicians that, that are, that are well-known or family of musicians, uh, that died of cirrhosis of the liver that, that young, I don't know if you, I mean, to, to die of cirrhosis of the liver at, you know, in, in your young forties or in your thirties, uh, you, you mean, you gotta be drinking, uh, a shit ton of alcohol every day um billy alcohol or billy (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) billy alcohol billy holiday died in a new york city hospital from cirrhosis of the liver after years of alcohol abuse age 43 while under arrest for heroin possession with police officers stationed at the door to her room in the final years of her life she had been progressively swindled out of her earnings And the singer who had recorded classics such as God Bless the Child and the Civil Rights Anthem, Strange Fruit, died with just 70 cents in the bank. Crazy. Um, July 17th, 1996, Chas Chandler died at age 57. Um, He was the bass player for the Animals and then uh, went on to be a well-known manager of Slade, Nick Drake, and uh, the most well-known man named Jimi Hendrix. He was pretty good at the guitar. Our last fact we've got uh, for this this week in music history, uh, at least that I've got to give for you, there's lots of other stuff that's important to note. Uh, I, I definitely don't hit everything. So, you know, I just kind of hit some of my favorites, some of those that, that relate to rock and roll, some of those I think that, uh, again, they'll be relevant to the audience just listening in. Um, but my last one here for July 17th, 2011, 10 years ago, Bruce Springsteen made a surprise appearance at a tribute to Clarence Clemens at the Wonder Bar in Asbury Park, New Jersey. The boss played a 45-minute set to an intimate crowd of just 400. Clemens, uh, who had died on June 18th, uh, just a month prior, was a prominent member of Bruce Springsteen's E Street Band, as we all know, playing the center sax with him since 1971. Um... Springsteen and Clemens had first met at the Wonder Bar in Asbury Park. Didn't know that. So that's where they first met. And then a month after he died, uh, Bruce went in and, and played a, a show for 400 people. That had to be just absolutely, uh, I, I bet everybody in there was crying and, 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 and for all good reason. I mean, that had to be just powerful beyond measure. Um, that's it. That's it. I hope you enjoyed some of those facts. Hope you learned some things. Um, and that was this week in music history, July 11th through 17th. Moving along to the birthdays, we got uh, not not too many, uh, not too many birthdays. Um, there was none uh, that I wanted to note yesterday, and yeah, none that I wanted to note on the eleventh. Uh, Christine McVie, however, today, July twelfth, uh, is Christine McVie, and she is still alive and well uh, at uh, age. And it it is remarkable that 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 all of Fleetwood Mac's uh, band members are still alive and well, given how much uh, drugs and alcohol. They did for quite a long time. Uh, she is 79 today, so happy birthday to Christine McVie. Um, and John Petrucci, also turning uh, 54 today. Uh, and he, so he was born in 1967, well-known guitarist, uh, founder of Dream Theater. And uh, so he's turning 54. And um, nothing on Tuesday. On, four, on uh, the 14th, 
and he's no longer alive <laughs> as, as we know. Uh, but Woody Guthrie was born on uh, July 14th in 1912. So he would have been, if he was alive, 109 years. Uh, but hasn't been around for a while. But Woody Guthrie died, uh, or I'm sorry, was born on July 14th. Um, so uh, Bob Dylan, uh, both Bruce Springsteen, they have, um, and and Bob Seger as well, you know, he, he has roots. Um, through all of those singer-songwriters through the 60s, 70s, and, um, you know, then those singer-songwriters then have gone on to play influences. So, uh, you know, it's people like Woody Guthrie who, you know, started the Tree of Music 100 and, and some years ago. So would have been 109. Uh, Thursday the 15th, three birthdays to celebrate uh, Linda Ronstadt. Linda Ronstadt will be 75 on uh, – oh, this was interesting, actually. This was really interesting. Uh, all 10 years apart. So 10 years, 10 years, and 10 years. Linda Ronstadt, born in 1946, will be 75 on the 15th. Joe Satriani, a very, very well-known, one of the best well-known guitarists in the world. Uh, he will be 65, born in 1956. And Jason Bonham, the son of uh, Led Zeppelin drummer John Bonham, uh, will be 55. Uh, and he was born in 1966. So uh, Linda Ronstadt, Joe Satriani, and Jason Bonham all uh, celebrating birthdays on Thursday the 15th. Uh, and then the last one to uh, touch on for this week, uh, Friday the 16th, Stuart Copeland, the drummer for the police. Uh, again, not the, the police force, the police, the band. That's so fucking corny. I always say that. <laughs> uh, but um, Stuart Copeland is truly one of the best drummers in rock and roll history. Uh, if you, uh, and I don't think it's credit for it. Um, he definitely gets noted for his skills, but not as much as I think I, I would like him to. If you really listen to police music, I mean, he had, he was a killer on the drums. Um, Stu Copeland will be 69, born in 1952, uh, this coming Friday the 16th. And nothing on the 17th, and that's it. That's it, folks. I hope you enjoyed. Hope you got, uh, like I said, some knowledge, some birthday knowledge there. Shout out to them. Um, and like I touched on at the beginning of the episode, make sure you check out uh, on midpark.com the Sunday Sound Select. Uh, over the last uh, few weeks, all of those are up now. That's got its own page on midpark.com. Uh, and then tomorrow, really excited for you to check out uh, my interview with Brandon of Drop Top Alibi. Uh, going to be a, a really, really uh, good uh, episode there. So they've got a, a number of good songs. Uh, one that you can check out that that um, is actually already on the Mid Park playlist. So if you haven't checked out that out yet, I've got all of the songs or all of the artists that have been featured by Mid Park Music in some fashion, whether it's a podcast, whether it was the Sunday Sound Select, whether it was just a, a noted you know new track that was coming out from somebody that I've got a connection to. Uh, there's a, a, quite a few songs on there already, but Summer Nights and City Lights by Drop Top Alibi. I think that's my favorite track by theirs, but um, they've also got a few um, that have a number of streams on there. Burn, um, it's got 30,000 some streams, I believe. Let me check here real quick. Pulling it up. Burn, 25,000 streams. Heavy Metal Baby, 7,000 some. Eyes for You, 13,000. Not Your Average Sunday Morning, 20,000. I could go on and on. That's a lot of stuff, guys. I mean, for, for an up-and-coming artist, they are making it and making it on their way. Really excited for uh, for Brandon to join me tomorrow. Uh, and that's it. So uh, always looking for feedback. Always uh, hope you're enjoying the episodes, everybody. That is uh, just week uh, or episode six, week two of the Midpark Music On Air podcast. I hope you have a great week ahead, and we will see you tomorrow with Drop Top Alibi. Mm-hmm.